Welcome to episode 18 of The Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. And I'm Scott again. We still, still have Scott. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. Surprise. So, so exciting having someone other than Fletcher to talk to and tell me I'm wrong all the time. You get two I mean, people to tell you you're wrong all the time. but I mean, <laughs> it's not inaccurate. <laughs> that is, so, that is so rude. You, I hate both of you. <laughs> if, if you listened last week, you probably heard that we we had Scott on the show and we were going to do talk a little more about kind of this comparison of Magic to other games and, I don't know, the, the weird things that we see that we just accept as truth to some degree. But, um... So, this could be a rabbit hole, but I kind of want to just kick off today's discussion with this question, because it's weird. Um, so, should we consider magic an eSport? Yes. Or should we at least compare it to eSports? Really, you think just right away? I mean, <laughs> well, so, I, I, I don't remember where I read it, and I don't remember the content of it even, but I remember an article... Uh, basically that had the premise and i think it was even just flat out titled it magic is the best esport that isn't an esport yeah i i agree with that sentence i mean is so i mean do you think it's a fair comparison to uh to compare it to like uh league of legends esports or i mean hearthstone's the natural comparison yes Hearthstone is a very easy comparison and the one that's most simply to, easy to go to, but I think it is fair to compare to esports in general. Okay. Why? The reason why is because I do consider esports to be Magic's greatest competitor right now. Like, more than any other card game, people basically have to choose between like playing Magic or playing like you know like going to FNM or staying home and playing in a League of Legends game or playing some Hearthstone. And like obviously Hearthstone is a very, very easy comparison. And Watsi is actually on record as saying we do not consider Hearthstone to be a competitor. And that is either a lie or they're completely delusional. Like, I can understand that like so, if they flat out say they're not a competitor, they're flat out wrong. Or they yes. don't consider them, they're insane. But if they take them too seriously as a competitor, I think they're wrong also. I agree with that. So, not by any... Str like, people who play Magic are not the same type of people... Like. The people who play Magic, like, you know, semi-competitively, are not the same type of people who are going to pour a bunch of money slash time into Hearthstone. Hearthstone is just, like, a time waster for them as to where Magic is more of a lifestyle. But Hearthstone still does take a portion of people's money for pretty little pictures on card, even if one is real and one is digital. And we still have Magic Online which is absolutely a direct competitor to Hearthstone. And whenever someone is complaining about the UI of something like Magic Online, they almost always compare it to something like Hearthstone or now Eternal or any of the other digital card games. Which is a, not a fair comparison by any means. Yes and no. Uh, so, so here's the deal. There's a big, big difference between taking something physical and designing a 
program to capture that versus designing something completely digital. So, Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yes. Looks infinitely better than Magic Online. But it plays horribly. It wouldn't be that hard to make modifications. Like, it would not be that hard to, instead of having the timer that ticks down, have the exact same mechanic as Magic Online where you have to press OK to pass priority. Which is I, my my biggest complaint with Duels of the Planeswalkers is that. There's a lot more issues than that, I think. Like, I don't know. I, I do not like the Duels of the Planeswalkers engine. Yeah, like, don't, like, there are flaws to it, but it could be modified to make it better. As to where the major, the major flaws with something like Magic Online tend to be coding errors, which I think is people just giving way too much flack for someone not noticing the fact that one card out of thousands has a zero instead of a one where it shouldn't be. Yeah, but... basically. I mean, well, if, and if you want to see that, like that stuff in action to some degree, like um, I'm a big fan of uh, Forge, which mm-hmm. is a, a rules engine for magic that actually, like you can play games with and everything you can draft and stuff like that. And I have broken that stupid thing so many times. And it is like, remarkably easy to break. Oh, it really is. Like my when I'm testing my unexpected results deck on it, like I expect it to crash at least every other game. You you broke it playing unexpected results. I broke it casting a dread return <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, I've done that too. I think when I was, yeah. But. So, hey Scott, you're in this too. <laughs> what would you like to say? <laughs> no, I, I'm just uh, listening. I suppose. Uh, I have dabbled in Hearthstone, not mm-hmm. overly fond of, like, it's a fun game, it's just, I never have, I myself wanting to play it more than, like, once in a blue moon on my phone. Um, I know, I don't want to, like, obviously, everything I know about is more local, and then whatever Brian Kibler's doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I know that locally at, like, UMD, they have the... Uh, was it UMD Nexus, which is like the gaming club, and they used to, I don't know if they do anymore, have uh, decent size events for it, where it was probably a dozen to two dozen-ish people, and uh, they had uh, buy-in and did tournaments. And I know that those people, um, if given the opportunity, would make the advancements to go to a bigger stage for that uh, as an esport. Mm-hmm. I guess, and um, that was, that's what I, I was thinking of at the very beginning of the conversation, and then you guys kind of did your thing, and I <laughs> Googled something about, I, I tried to find that article you mentioned. Really quick, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, but uh, I did find one that was kind of talking about how, I should just find it again, because I'm going to start quoting the wrong things, but... Plus control H is a history on edge. It is nice. Okay. Edge. Uh, yeah, I have Chrome open for our other stuff, and I don't feel like accidentally playing a video <laughs> and then getting screamed at in my headset. Um, it's just talking about how Magic is a poor esport. Um, hmm. It's definitely not the article you're talking about, but probably it's, not. Um, it's a I bad love that spectator it... game, as they say. Um, it, that is a bad spectator game. I yeah, completely it, agree with that. Yeah, it's true. It's funny. It's funny that we have articles that say exactly opposite things and are both right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, it just it uh, kind of goes over uh, talks about the pro tour and 
how when the Pro Tour is going on, the Magic goes from about the 30th most popular thing on Twitch to like the top five instantly. Mm -hmm. um, and that you know, obviously correlates to how many competitive players will play the event because they're more prone to tune into things like the Pro Tour and the GP. Uh, then it kind of goes down. It compares it was at the bottom or the top. It compares it to Counter-Strike and Dota 2. Uh, there it is. Counter, uh, Magic is, enormous, is an enormous commercial success. Its, revenue, its annual revenue upwards to $300 million is greater than Counter-Strike and Dota 2 combined. Hmm. And those are the two among, if not besides League of Legends, like the leading esports. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you look at that, and it's obviously kind of difficult to compare. Like when you think esport, you're thinking of a dude sitting behind a monitor with, you know, these super cool gunner glasses that I'm wearing. And yep. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, you think of that as an esport, like electronic sport. Is yeah. Is, is that actually the definition? That's what I think. I mean, that's um, what it, what it means. Like, I'm pretty sure. I think so. And I think you know, video games, obviously, and like Magic. And now, like the cork just came off the top because I'm thinking of things. <laughs> but like Magic, to an extent, I guess, I I guess it kind of is, but it isn't. It's weird. It really blurs lines. It's such Magic is such a weird game. Like yeah, it it it's kind it it feels like an esport, but it isn't an esport because it's completely analog. And there's tons of problems with with making it an esport. And I, I don't know. It just sits in such weird. Base for for all that, right? And maybe, and maybe that's why it hasn't gained a lot of successes. These were is that spectator issue? Like, right. um, I, I know it's been uh, it's been said before. I can't remember what I was listening to or watching it, but like when you're playing Counter Strike or watch. So so if I just randomly tune into Counter Strike, whether I know who's the who's playing or not, or you know what the correct strategy is or what the wrong strategy is, when I see somebody get shot or something blow up, I know what's going on. Yeah, you you can definitely you can yeah. If someone plays a card liberated and you're like, oh, like on camera, if people who don't normally watch this are like, what the hell is that thing doing? Like, yeah, that kind of, he rolled the number and the card going away. What does that mean? Yeah, like or like that. yeah, or like a certain like legacy is like the poster child for you have no idea what's going on. Um, like what the I mean, I love watching SCG legacy events when I could and stuff. And some of my favorite games are the ones where, like, if I did not have it explained to me at first, I had no idea what was happening. That is one of, like, the biggest problems for Magic being an eSport, even though I do think it does still fall under that category, is, like, when it comes to watching people play live, which is the premier way of watching Magic, the onus is completely on the commentators to literally describe every little thing because people have you you can't just look at a board state and know what's going on like yeah the pro tour even added that new thing now where they have that advantage bar which goes back and forth to show who's actually advantage in the situation because they understand that a normal person cannot just look at like you know, even like, you know, one of us three, if we go over, we look at a board state, it's going to take us a minute or two to parse what's actually going on, what happened, and mm -hmm. who's actually advantaged. And just As, like life totals are not a good, you know, indicator of that either. So somebody can't just tune in and be like, oh, this person has more life than the other. They must be winning. Yeah, that's yeah. like that. That's a very common thing to say. And it just does not work. Mm -hmm. I have beat Vern many times at one life. 
<laughs> I mean, if if I'm on stream, Star City playing Blue White Control against John, who's playing Model Red Burn, or even Fletcher, who's playing Model Red Burn in Legacy, something weird like that, and you see a one next to my name, a little kid Timmy's and be like, oh my gosh, they're gonna beat him with a lightning bolt, and be like, nah, man, I got you know, I got counter spell, I can deal with that. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, like, that is one actual bonus of the monstrosity that is Duels of the Planeswalkers. Is, like, when you watch a game of Magic and, and if you don't know what's going on and people turn their creatures sideways, you have no idea what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But in Duels, they actually show the animation of the cards attacking, like, there's creature combat, there's, like, actual damage to the portraits of whoever the individuals are, which mm -hmm. is something that they do in Hearthstone, which makes it a very visually appealing thing because you're literally watching the creatures do things so you can parse it, you can understand it. The thing is, mm -hmm. duels is not our premier way of watching. We have Magic Online, which way much more closely follows actual paper where it doesn't show animations. But even Magic Online, like that is not also our premier way of watching. Like We do devolve down into literal cardboard in our hands devolve <laughs> so I'm, I'm just gonna ask the question flat out so we can argue about it john should the duels of the planeswalker interface be the default spectator form of magic so when you say spectator form of magic do you mean live like pro tour coverage or like, do you mean like magic if, online streamer if somebody is tuning in to watch magic they will see this interface. Full stop. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna go all out here. So it's one hundred percent that interface, no matter what you're doing. Like two dudes are sitting on a laptop for the pro tour. Okay, I see what you're doing here. Like yep. so. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what I'm doing. Uh, just that interface, right? Yes. Like we're still fixing the problems. We'll, with we'll, the game. we'll make we'll make assume that it runs as smooth as as you imagine it in your head. As I wanted to. Yep. Are we unbanning Jason Modern while we do this? <laughs> only, only if we free mind twist. <laughs> you said yeah. fixing everything about magic. So. Yeah. Unbanning mind twist. We're fixing everything in magic. Free mind twist. All right. Continue and treasure Carry on. Ah, um, uh, shit balls. Put you on the spot. So, if we are watching it digitally, yes. Okay. But I, even though it's terrible for spectators, I do actually think showing two people playing with the cardboard is very, very important. I agree with you. 100%. But that wasn't the question. I know. <laughs> but but I, I get what you're saying. It's is like... That... Like, you want a black or white answer, and I can't give that, because there's so much nuance to that question. I, I know there is, and I'm kind of baiting you with a lot of it, because that's <laughs> what I do. But I 100% get what you're saying with the, you want to see people holding the cards. Like, that's, mm. that is super important to the identity of Magic. Yes. And, like, and honestly, getting people to play Magic. I think one of the most compelling things about, like, people playing Magic is, like, handing them a Magic card. Like, that will right. get somebody to play Magic. That's why I started playing Magic. That's why I started playing. <laughs> I mean, Quill, Thorn Elemental. <laughs> I, 
so I'm just going to tell this story. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but um, when I was a wee lad of like 12 or 13, I got a paper route. And we would, I was a budgeteer route, and we would have to go, and it was first come, first serve, or who got to pick up their bundles to take them out, wrap them up, and start delivering them. So me and my family would go there at like 11 in the goddamn morning when we could not get them until after 3. <laughs> because we wanted to get them, and get them and get out. So I had four hours to waste, and this was over in Superior. So one day I decided, well, I'm going to walk to Hardy's. So I walked to Hardee's, I got some food, you know, and I walked back because this is back when I was a child. You could walk down the streets of a city and no one would question you as a young child. And one day, I think it was my grandfather mentioned Globe News existing. And he's like, well, you can you go there and look at like comics and stuff and, you know, you can buy candy and stuff. So I went to Globe News and I was wandering around and I wandered in the back section where it, which is the card shop. And I literally saw decks, like deck boxes, because you used to be able to buy the tournament pack quotations mm -hmm. in deck boxes. And I saw like, it was like 8th edition. There was like a, there was a, a rat on the cover and one of them had a Goblin King on the cover. And I'm like, well, those look really sweet. What are those? And the owner, he's like, well, that's a game called Magic there. It's a card game. I'm like, oh. And I like... I'm a 13-year-old with money. I literally just give him money and buy him for no reason whatsoever because the art looked great. Yep. Like, <laughs> like you are not alone in that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty sure that's how it happened with me. Well, it started with Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, and then evolved into Magic. Mm -hmm. Correct use of Evolve. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Okay, um, so we were talking about something with esports, weren't we? Uh, should Magic be compared to an esport, and should Magic, should Duels of the Planeswalkers be the default UI that people see when they watch Magic? So your your answer is kind of, but not really. Uh, my answer is yes and no. So okay, perfect. maybe. Did you have any thoughts on this, Scott? Um, so my thoughts are, and obviously I have to ask another question: Is is this current or is this in the future when cards don't exist anymore we will ass assume whatever because you want <laughs> whatever i want okay so let's say this happens in like five years okay if, uh, magic and you're online next comes out and it's oh yeah hey we burnt all the cards in the factory and all your cards are you know whatever we're not making anymore hey where's the new hearthstone Okay, yeah, we'll assume that this is what happened. That's, that's, that's kind of like how I think, because like if we don't go to that, for me, for like thinking, I will think no. But I want to think yes, because I want to compare it to like how, how Hearthstone kind of is. Because when you, I, whenever, which is very rare, watch a Hearthstone uh, event, it's like it shows two guys sitting at a table. It's kind of it actually... It's very also similar to how Pokemon runs their worlds and national events. If you've ever watched those, it's a dude that they're at tables. It's a young woman as well, you know, uh, obviously. But uh, sitting at a table with headsets on, which they can do now for Pro Tours. Yeah, I just noticed that. Uh, they have laptops sitting in front of them, and it shows like face cams. And it shows yep. like a table cam from time to time, or but they have laptops or it's a desktop monitor. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, it's something it, like that. And then it, it 
swaps to it just shows one of their boards. I don't think I've ever noticed it swap if show the other person's hand. I couldn't tell you. But if they do that with magic, they have to be able to have the duels. Like as you're, let's say I see my hand, but I can't see my opponent's hand. So they have to be able to show some sort of interface where it shows the other person's point of view too. If yeah. like a camera change, or maybe they have side by side, and it shows the person's name and their face is like on the sides, kind of like how Magic is now, but instead of sideways, it's upright and it's split down the middle, and the mm -hmm. person's face is in the bottom corner. If we go that route, sure, I can see that happening because so, it, it's visually appealing. Okay. So I yeah. have a, I have a little sort of segue question based on something you said. It is very common in Twitch chat for people to just rag on a guy for misplaying because that guy does not have perfect information, but Twitch chat does. Do you think how much would it detract from the actual watching of magic? Like, if it basically was all like Magic Online, where you see one person's hand, you see their board state, you only watch Magic from their point of view. How much would that detract from something like the Pro Tour and SG Tour if you're literally, like, you're sitting in Owen Turtenwald's seat while he plays against John Finkel, and you only have the knowledge that Owen Turtenwald personally has? That sounds more interesting to me. It's, so, it's, I... It's I I'm sorry. Like that, you personally find that to be more interesting than knowing the contents of both Owen's and Finkel's hand. I, I guess to an extent, like I I do and I don't because mm -hmm. I would like to. I like the thought of being able to sit in Owen's seat and think that I'm playing against Finkel, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, what would I do? Like, do I thought he's here before I do this to make sure he doesn't have a force of you know force of will or whatever the play is. Or, you know, otherwise, we're just gods, and we see everything, and we're omnipotent, and we see both hands. Of course we're going to make the right play. Or one of the right plays. But if I'm Owen Turtenwald, then I'm like, oh, he made this play. If I would have done this differently, oh, he did have a counterspell for it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. I, know, it's just, I guess it's kind of weird. I'm going to yes, yes and no on that. But I... <laughs> What was Fletcher going to chime in with? Um, I was going to say, I think, I think those are those each serve different purposes. So, one, so so first off, if you put somebody in one person's seat, and you can't see both the information, it automatically creates a perception in people's mind of like, of the person whose seat you're in is the good guy, and we are playing against the bad guy. And Fair. I don't, and I don't think Magic wants to do that in in the top tier professional environment to some degree. I can see there's, I can see places where you would want to do that. Like, I mean, if I'm sitting down and watching somebody stream, I want to be in their shoes and I want to, I want to see this all this information. Um. But, so, the other way, the other way with showing everything as perfect information, I think, we that's the way you need to go because we we just want to see information mm -hmm. if that makes sense like 
we're 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 just getting the bird's eye view and want to kind of see everything that's going on. I and I don't think it's unreasonable to want that if that makes sense. I, it's like I don't know. My even though I obviously it was my question, I actually would not enjoy that because like if we were in that situation where it's like you know like the greatest of all time versus the greatest of the modern age i would want to see both of them playing because i personally i can parse what is known information and what is not for each individual player Player. to Mm -hmm. to like warrant what i think i would personally do but i would want to be able to watch both of them doing their own thing exactly that's what i would want to yep exactly and that's the place that i would sit in and stuff and i think the other i think the i think twitch chat is a symptom i mean like Using Twitch chat as an example for anything is just kind of a trap because Twitch chat is the dredges of the universe. Well, that's a perfect example of what not to do, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be Twitch chat. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so, like, obviously, both sides of that have completely different, like, app, like, like applications. For yeah. Terms. yeah. But, so, like, like I, I actively <laughs> enjoy both. Like, I would enjoy one and I already know that I enjoy the other. Right. So it's like, it's just a random, like, what would it be like? How different would it be if we did this instead? Yeah. So I'm actually going to go back to something kind of, and just, just bring this up here. Um, so Scott, you said that one of the really important things you said, if, if they did an interface or, or moved it completely digital would be showing the players, um, which kind of got me thinking like, how how important is star power in magic? I think it's pretty important to an extent, especially for the high end events. I mean, f- for the PT and stuff like that. I mean, but sure. I guess I'm just. I mean, it took me a long time to figure out a lot of these people, to be honest. And then I figured them out better than John because I crushed him in our PT draft. So you got lucky. <laughs> I got I got good. You mean? You got lucky. Your random dude like made fucking top eight or whatever the hell it was. My my random dude. <laughs> you know your old your your pro tour hall of famer, one of the best magic players of all time, randomly made top eight. That's the only reason why you beat me. <laughs> God damn it, Yuya. <laughs> right. Oh wait. You, so so Fletcher picked Yuya. Yes, he picked Yuya. I picked why? someone else on Yuya's team. Yeah, Why wouldn't I, you pick Yuya? Because I went for the outlier who's also a great magic player. It was your second, I mean, it was second pick, so like, because I first picked Owen, you, you oh, first, okay. and then yeah. John first picked BBD, fair. Yep. Fair. And then I picked Yuya, and then you picked, uh, da 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 da, uh, Tiago Separita. Yep. And then I picked Matt Nass as my wild card. <laughs> and then you picked uh, 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 Kentaro Yamamoto, right? Yeah. I can't believe I still remember that. There we go. I found the... Yep, Kentaro Yamamoto, Tiago Saperuno, Brian Braun doing for me, Matt Nass, Yuya, and Owen for you. You crushed me without even taking into account Yuya's finish. Yes. <laughs> you got But, yeah. so... But I mean, like, so I'm... Building stars in magic is really hard. Yes. I, I feel like it is. It's like, so uh, I, I equate this to the UFC to some degree, where there's there are tons and tons of individual competitors. 
And on any given night, one of them can win and lose. And Magic is more so that way. And I know when the UFC was starting, uh, 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 the wrestling guy who is just a who could promote. Lester. No, the uh, he has the WWE. He he's the or uh, could promote it or owns it or something. Um, God damn it! Now I can't remember it, and I feel like an idiot. You're but he based like the actual owner of the WWE. Yeah, or whatever it is. Vince McMahon. There we are, Vince McMahon. Um, Vince McMahon basically said about the UFC, how can you how can you promote somebody when you don't know the outcome? And he basically said you can't build stars because you can't predict who's going to be your top finishers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And obviously the UFC has overcome that, and I feel to some degree Magic has overcome that. But, like, I'm just wondering, like, is it, like... How difficult is it for them to build these personalities and these people that we need to follow? And if that's something that I guess they can sustain and and keep doing, I don't know. It it, it seems like a, a really, really difficult task just because of the random nature of magic. So just like everything else that we've been talking about, I have a bit of a rant about this, so... All right. I'm going to let Scott go first if he has anything to say. Oh, about what? Sorry. <laughs> uh, John, to make your rant. All right. Like John's rant? Yeah, like, I have, I'm, I'm going to have a rant. Is there anything you would like to cover on this topic before I do so? You can say no if you want. That's fine. All right. So, I can't think of anything else. Uh, funny, sorry. I have a personal issue with the personalities of Magic players. Okay. Almost every one of them is completely boring. Yes. And that actively detracts from the star power of Magic. Like, so once again, as I do with everything, let's compare it to StarCraft 2. All right? Okay. So, the StarCraft II truly competitive scene is obviously South Korea. Every single person in South Korea is a robot who will never talk trash. They will always say thanks to their opponents. They're always super, super nice. And they're boring. They're great to watch, They're like, but you can't really get behind them. There's one guy who was considered one of the best players last year. He is literally called the machine because he has no emotional responses to anything. South Korea, bad Korea. <laughs> so, <laughs> and as to where, like, the actual um, foreigner scene, as they call anyone who's not South Korean, Americans are foreigners, because go us, there's so much personality. Like, if we go back a few years ago for the, back when, you know, the foreigner scene was actually, like, much more noticeable, uh, you had... Idra, who was like the bad boy, who's this scrawny little white redhead who talked so much trash and was one of the most vile people that he got a cult following. There was a guy called Naniwa who was, I believe, Swedish, who was literally on record as threatening to slit another player's throat. <laughs> you, you have root cat. 
<laughs> you have Root Katz, who is like this super cool, laid back, chill, like Latino guy, right? You had all these people, like you have an actual ex bodybuilder who married like Miss Arizona or some shit. And he, like his his name is Jeff Robinson, and he is like he's a super charismatic individual, and he just owns his stuff. There's actual videos of him online in a Dance Dance Revolution concert or tournament, and the man still has the body of an ex bodybuilder, or sorry, weightlifting champion, not bodybuilder. So he's just built like a wall. Like the the foreigner scene was so much more interesting. Like there's even a guy called the Mach- or machine who played under EG who he had like this series online of him eating random things. Like he he did the uh, he did the cinnamon a teaspoon of cinnamon challenge and actually managed to choke it down. Jeez. And like there was a there was this there was this entire video of like. Idra, the trash talker, the bodybuilder Jeff, Machine, and uh, at his time, fiance of Jeff, all going to the gym together, right? And, you know, Idra's, you know, he's like, alright, he bench presses like 210, and Machine does like 270, and Jeff literally bench presses like 450 pounds, because he's still built like a goddamn brick, brick shit house. And you're just getting to know these people, because they have actual personalities, and Magic doesn't have that. It really have, doesn't. We have Brian Kibler, Brian, Brian Kibler, Kibler, who is his own cult of personality. Yep. Like, the man is a charismatic motherfucker. Yeah. He's no longer in magic. Yep. Right? We, we have Owen Turtenwald, who is known for being somewhat toxic, shall we say. About my favorite magic, my second favorite magic player. <laughs> we have Reed Duke, who's known for being the nicest person in the entire universe, and we have LSV the troll. Which, which LSV is also like one of the nicest trolls in the world too. I know, like he's also one of the greatest people and one of the greatest magic players of all time. But like, th- like think of think of how like Ari Ari Lax actually got like derision because he would talk through his plays and through his opponent's plays in the pro tour that he won (laughs) a lot of people were giving a lot of like shit to seth manfield when he won world championship because he cried because he showed actual emotion for winning and it's like emotions are met with derision and as a result a lot of like our high-end magic players like if you don't follow their own personal social media they don't have personalities on camera yeah, you don't get to see any of that and stuff. Well, like, uh, Rosewater talked about this a while ago and stuff, and because he 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 feels responsible for the the guy too, I guess. But um, uh, like Mike Long being so important to Magic, mm-hmm. and being like basically the only heel ever to do anything in Magic to some degree, which I feel like Magic doesn't have enough heels. Yeah, not like you. We kind of have Owen, but Reed Duke made him not a dick anymore. But so. but he's but he's not even a heel really. He's just yeah, not really. He's just like three quarters robot. <laughs> <laughs> I am Owen. I am. I will. I will beat magic. you at magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to your mother. All right, but like, <laughs> so but that's what's it's. 
really hard to follow storylines of people when they're all kind of bland nobodies. Like, if that... I'm sure that probably makes sense to some degree, but, like... Yeah, like, uh, a lot of people just hide the fact that they have personalities if you don't actually follow their own social media, where they're a lot more themselves. Yeah. Yeah, you may have to go out of your way to, like, most... Well, I'm not going to say most people, but a lot of people don't use Twitter or don't Facebook or Instagram or whatever the hell LinkedIn is. And then a lot of these pro players, like, all over Twitter and stuff, like, there's things that uh, our magic community, like a group of my friends, will say, oh, uh, ha, 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 LOL, look at this thing this pro did because it was funny on Twitter and I am one of the 100,000 people to favorite this or whatever. Some of them a cat, you know, and you're like, oh, I didn't know the person had a cat. You know, all I saw was them cast a force of will on camera one time, and then they gave me a thumbs up when I said <laughs> hi, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I think they need to bring that into the coverage to some degree to make it, like, I don't want to say more interesting because I find it interesting, but probably more interesting is honestly the correct word. Like, we need actual personalities for it to actually grow as an eSport. And they're, like, it was a massive flaw that for the longest time, no one could tell you who the, all the Platinum Pros were. <laughs> at all. No one even knew how many, how many there were. There was, like, 33 or some shit. Which is really weird. Because it's entirely, it's, it's based off points, not based off your, like, record and stuff. Yeah. So, so like, you, yeah, you can just basically grind to get there. Yeah, so like people just had no idea who are like who was actually the best players in Magic because they just weren't a thing if you did not see them on coverage. And they're kind of fixing that now, where like you know they'll actually have like they're pulling the Star City thing where they'll have a bio pop up and they'll be like, oh, these are three random facts about this person. One of them might be a lie on Star City because there's a lot of really weird stuff that people put on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever works, I but guess. It's, it's great, because it builds their character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Star City Games is actively building personalities of these people, and it's very important. Yeah, that's when I started watching coverage, when I started playing FNM is more competitive. Um, that was around Cobblade. Um, one of my favorite players, Nick Spagnolo. Yeah, that's a name you probably haven't heard in years. <laughs> um... I, I met met him at GP Minnesota, Minneapolis in 2014. 2014, he was working at a booth. I forget what the vendor it was. And I walked up to him and I was like, you know, I was doing the whole sign my play mat to all the pros. And I walked up to him, like the last person I had sign it, and it had LSV and you know, Kibler and everyone else on it. And I was like, hey, Nick, how's it going? And I told him that I used to watch him, like, crush Star City back in the day and all that stuff and asked him how he was doing. And he looked at me, like, extremely confused. Like, how the hell does this guy know my name kind of thing? I'm and a nobody. <laughs> right. And I just, like, dropped, like, the, yeah, you won a New York State in 2010 with Blue Black Control with a Sweet Trinket Mage package with Brutal Effigy. I won a couple FNMs with that deck, and then we talked for like 20 minutes. And then, like, I, I handed him my playmat and said, hey, could you 
signed this for me, and I almost made him cry. But I did that because, who, you know, like, he had his moment in the sun before Star City was huge. But, like, he was one of those players, like, you hear, uh, was like Chris Anderson is coming back now to Star City. He was, like, 13 when he started playing Magic and doing well, and his name was known. Now he's graduated high school and he's in college. And everyone comments about that. So I guess Star City, as you said, is really good about making personalities. Because we had DVD, we had CBM, we had, you know, uh, Jerry T back in the day, technically. Yeah, Jerry you know. T went from being like SCG to Pro Tour back to SCG, and now he's, you know, a Pro Tour champion again. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, and he was he's from Minneapolis. Like, I've played against him in a PTQ before, like back at once back in the day, and I just knew of him because of Star City Games. Did you win? Like, I, no, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, I think, it was just some standard event, and it wasn't Cobblade or anything. I don't, I don't remember what I was playing. It was some jank. Oh, wait, I think it was some, actually, I think it was a sweet rug Lotus Cobra deck. But it was some <laughs> jank. <laughs> but, okay. But yeah, just little things like that. Star City's really good about Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've been going at this for quite a while, I guess. So we can um, uh, we'll probably wrap it up here. So I guess before we we give our stuff, Scott, is there anything else you wanna shout out or um, let, let people know uh, about? Not really. I don't. I don't really do anything cool and hip with streaming. I mean, I <laughs> I want to someday. You know, I don't have. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it. Okay. Um. Otherwise. Just giving you the opportunity. I, yeah. So Self-promotion. I, I, we'll, help, we'll help build you up and make you famous. My my word to anyone who listens to this is the whole part one, or I'm sorry, episode 17. Uh, <laughs> we're, I, we're, we're a week in the future. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, when you're at an event, just remember, variance is a thing. If your person pops next lightning bolt and kills you with it, don't freak out, you know, be kind to that person, because in a year from, a year from that moment, you know, that person will remember that, and then it's just going to snowball, butterfly effect, don't f*** up, because I've done it, it affects everything, just be kind, play magic to have fun, that's it, do it. I, I know I've Good earned stuff. at least one bridge doing stuff like that, so... You know. Good. I, that's good advice, though. That is good advice. I like that. So wait, wait, Scott, Scott. So are you telling people, don't be a dick? Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Episode zero. Our, our mantra. So, I suppose, John, do you have anything else you want to finish out with, or? Uh, I have both of you here, man. I can ask both of you a question. Can't I'm worried. I'm worried about your asinine question. All right. This one is not bad at all. It's relatively simple. Which is more important to you? The story or the setting? Of what? Magic? Yes. So, like, the mythos of magic? So, there... You both are probably aware of this. There was a lot of kerfuffle over 
uh, Battle for Zendikar. Because people wanted to return to Adventure World Zendikar, instead we returned to Rise of the Eldrazi, which is not what drew people in. So when we returned to Zendikar, instead of going back to Adventure World, they followed the story where we're dealing with Eldrazi because that's what's actually happening on this plane. Instead of going back to the setting, which people very much enjoyed. Well, like there were, they could have still maybe done adventure world in the story instead of having, you know, like armies clashing, they could just have like, you know, this little, you know, the five person group with their healer and all their other things like sneaking past Eldrazi to try and beat them. But that's not what they, what they went through. They went for the big grand battle and all that stuff. So is, in your own opinion, is it actually better to follow the story in a natural progression that is easy for people to follow? Or would it have been better for them to go back to Adventure World Zendikar to give people the feel that they wanted back? Setting. It's, so, I, I, so I think it's, it, it, it is setting. And... Which, it probably is really funny coming from me, because I've done nothing but support the, like, new story decisions and stuff like that, as mm-hmm. we've been talking about them. But I have a couple reasons. One is, is that the setting is is very, very mechanically important, as you said. People wanted an Adventure World mechanic. Like, that's that's what they wanted to play. They wanted to play Adventure World. They did not want to play Rise of the Eldrazi Part 2. Mm-hmm. And... And I think, in general, Magic is, an, is a game that is environmental. And the more successful pieces are usually tied to a very strong environment. Mm-hmm. So there's my, my entire premise, I guess. So you said setting or story, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say setting, but I think mine, like, story is great, don't get me wrong, but yeah. not as yeah. many people that I know care about the story. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone's job, because John, you love the story. Like, Absolutely. Like me, I care about the story. I read snippets, you know, like on the mothership kind of thing, but I don't go out of my way. Uh, but setting for me, for sure, for my uh, view on it is if magic sticks to, or, you know, wizards, sticks to printing new sets based on the setting, they're protecting their assets by making the consumer happy. Mm-hmm. And so it's more of a business side of things, because let's say if they go back to, they come back to Zendikar, if they stuck to Adventureland Zendikar, you know, people are more likely to come back and buy their packs. Blah, blah, do the whole green money thing. Uh, Versus making people mad with Eldrazi. Uh, I guess another comparison would be Avacyn Restored. Like, would we rather have Innistrad? Or would we rather have Avacyn Restored? People would not buy as many Avacyn Restored packs if they returned to Avacyn Restored. Uh, But, you know, return to Innistrad essentially happens. And people were ecstatic. And they've done that for, what, the last three years? Pretty much, yeah. They've been doing a lot of Strahd, and then they did Ravnica recently. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there was another one, but I'm obviously not the brightest when it comes to that. <laughs> but uh, it might be just three. Well, Mirrodin. <laughs> yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, that was a, w a well done set too, though. People really like that one. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of like the what the people would say the prime of uh, sets was like the shards to the what um, just after Innistrad's block. A lot of people were loved those sets, from my understanding. That's a different topic, but I disagree with that. That's personal preference, though. So, sure. yeah. But, all right. That good enough for you, John? Yeah, sure. Like, obviously, as Scott kind of implied, I disagree, but that's because, like, I don't need my cards to feel like... I don't really care about traps. I don't really care about quests. Like, those don't necessarily, like, draw me in. Like, I like my cards to tell a story, and I like them to have mechanics that function well. That's just... I I value the Vorthos and I value the spiky aspect of stuff. Like the actual like, you know, like the traps and quest stuff are much more of a Timmy slash Johnny thing See, to a degree. Here's the thing, you can go back to Adventure World without traps and quests. It's just a different focus, I think. I mean kind of. Like I think the story is a very large tie in into like they basically wanted, like, you know, an adventure story, which would be explained through the cards. And instead, they yeah. went with big world-ending combat war yeah. stuff as told through the cards. And, like, yeah. it is a different feel. I get it. I just don't really care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it still had a concise story that I liked, like... It had a story that the cards were demonstrating as I played them, and that's all that really mattered to me. I don't pr personally judge where they go with the story because it's not my... In my opinion, it is not my place. It's just, you know, I'm just going to read it either way because I'm just going to keep playing Magic either way. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. So... <laughs> If you want to send us some feedback, you can send us an email at thelocometa at gmail.com. You can catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. And you can catch John's streams, if he ever decides to do them again, at <laughs> twitch.tv slash galerivers, G-A-L-E-R-I-V-E-R-S. And so I want to thank Scott again for being on. We appreciate having you on, Scott. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. And um, uh, we will catch you next time. See ya. Oh, boy.